Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Ghost Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for our video podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carball, and I am Matthew Hawkins. Ed, what's going on, brother? Cold. Cold, yeah, it's a little yeah, chilly here. Not, not your kind of chilly, but... It's 28 degrees here. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> it's like 60, so 55 cold but not your cold oh man speaking of cold let's just jump right into it uh ice cold (laughs) (laughs) i didn't expect to see horiguchi put out cold the way that that fight ended uh i don't think anybody did i don't think anybody uh especially after the first uh three Mm -hmm. rounds of that fight uh dominated by uh kyoji from the start uh Mm -hmm. then get caught with a uh spinning back fist that lands perfectly on the jaw and uh yeah sleep as good as you can put somebody to sleep in an mma fight so crazy yeah, win for it, it was uh unexpected i mean he was 30 27 on the cards and i know we're uh we're gonna get into the uh ufc 269 obviously because it's ufc 269 fight week but we'd be remiss if we did not look back at that and uh the the bantamweight grand prix that they announced on friday at Bellator 272 and it's just um it's just a long time coming for that, but as far as that finish goes, man, um, you know it's it's crazy. I watched it a few times, and um, I didn't realize. It. And then I've been watching highlights of of Horiguchi versus Tension when he fought Tension, mm-hmm. and uh, Horiguchi tends to like. I mean, when he puts the pressure on, he he keeps his head right in his opponent's chest, and somebody shared a uh, training footage of Sergio Pettis where he drilled that kick over the head and then do a spinning back kick like he did in the training room. So I don't know if that's something that they noticed on his, in his, you know, with the folks he's training with now, but I mean, the post-fight press conference, he kind of said that, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a hell Mary move because he knew he was losing on the cards, but the fact that that happened and there's, there's footage out there that shows that it's a move he trained. I mean, I mean, it, it, people keep uh, underestimating the kid, and and like I said last week, man, Sergio Pettis is uh, he's come into himself at, at at Bellator. He's a champion. He defended against a legit like it wasn't some some you know number eleven ranked guy. It was the former champion. No, he, he yeah, and you know, I hope we get a rematch. Yeah, I hope, we get it. I hope it's a first round instant rematch for the Grand yeah. Prix. <laughs> I was just going to uh, ask you, you think they're going to do that right away? I hope so, and I think Horiguchi deserves it. I think the ratings that came out were a little bit uh, odd, but uh, I saw you comment about that on on Twitter as well. But uh, you know, kind oh, of you mean the rankings. It. The yeah, rankings. In, yeah, in a, yeah, in a sense though that he's coming off a loss. I get it that, but you know, you're you're winning that fight unanimously, thirty yeah. seven. You know, across the board. Every judge, it, well, it's hard to not. It's hard to not. I think he deserves an instant rematch if he wants it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Horiguchi's the kind of guy who might just want to beat somebody up and then try to get it. You know, I don't know. Uh, he, he's obviously got the competitive juices. We've seen video of him saying, you know, I'm good. I'll be good. Okay. And yeah. let's, uh, let's get back to the drawing board. So, well, I mean, the, the thing you're talking about, just so folks have some context, Jason Floyd from the MMA report. Had uh, tweeted out how he had uh, disagreed with the the rankings that came out yesterday, because Horiguchi comes in at the 135 rankings at number seven, so he's number right underneath everyone else that's in the Grand Prix for next year. He's in the Grand Prix, so to me it made sense. But Floyd makes a really good point. 
um like as to why he's uh you know if he, he wasn't previously ranked and then they kind of just inserted him over like guys like Jornel lugo and the other guys on the thing so i i get where he's coming from too and i didn't even think of it that way until he tweeted it out so shout out to jason floyd at the mma report for for pointing that out because once he once he explained himself i was kind of like yeah it is it is a little weird but you know the fact that most of those people ranked are in the grand prix anyway but that's going to fluctuate a lot once once bellator resumes uh action yeah, with the Grand Prix, the rankings kind of irrelevant. I thought his mm-hmm. point that I think he made to you on Twitter that I thought was a valid point was that he had him ranked number one, mm-hmm. which means for him to have him ranked number one, there has to be at least somebody probably on that board who likely didn't even have him ranked in the top ten yeah. or had him very low, which is would be, which you know, again, we thought this would be a little bit better of a mm-hmm. of a uh, ranking team that Bellator put together, but. You know, and I'm not here. I'm not here to bash him. Uh, you know, it's a Grand Prix. They're all going to fight each other. Yeah, let's, it's going to change. It yeah. out. It's all going to sort itself out. Rankings mm-hmm. are irrelevant as long as you're one of the eight that's in the Grand Prix. So. Yeah. Um, I, I I love it. I don't know. Uh, I I didn't see any kind of kickoff date. I think it'll probably likely start maybe you know February March of next yeah, year. That, maybe that's what Coker said in the post fight press conference. That's when they're looking to resume. Um, you know, there's they have that and they have to finish up the light the light heavyweight Grand Prix. So. Um, it's going to take some time. Plus a lot of um, the other comment folks were making was like, why isn't it a 16 man Grand Prix? Well, you know, because we got the fucking Omarion variant and shit is still hard, not easy to plan, you know, events. So I think eight, eight is a safe number. Yeah. And 16 is awesome to look at. Um, yeah. But you basically end up trimming some of the fat off the bottom of mm-hmm. that. And you really usually only end up with, you know, and especially in Bellator, just to be honest, you're probably eight, eight deep is going to be a solid, solid Grand Prix, especially when you count another fight or two for alternate uh, guys. I know Josh Hill uh, is kind of already sounds like been pegged kind of as an alternate, uh, but depending on what round he were to step in, he'll likely have another fight uh, with somebody else, maybe somebody who loses in the Grand Prix in the first round or something to, to have to continue to earn his way. So there, there's a lot going on there. I, I love the tournament. Uh, I know we kind of talked about in the past how it's a perfect weight class for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, in the world of uh, where MMA can get stale at times when we don't have mega events and really fun fights to talk about uh, the Grand Prix always adds a, uh, <clears throat> another layer to something that makes it a little more competitive, you know, kind of a, it's a, it's a sporting thing as opposed to a fight. You know, you kind of, you know, you always got the brackets to look at the stuff we always grew up with, whether yeah. it was, you know, little league or, or, you know, March madness, people, people knew the tournament brackets and how they work. So, yeah. um, but that's that's that weird great win by Pettis. You know, again, I I never really refer to stuff at flukes because uh, you like you said you train for mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's meant to happen if you execute it properly, and he executed it beautifully. And and man, uh, <laughs> highlight reel knockout. Uh, thank God Horaguchi's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, thank God exactly. And and that's that's always the key when we when we talk about it, we praise these fighters, and we and we talk about this sport. Um, Another big name, uh, the UFC fight that we talked about, Aldo versus Font. Uh, I'm not sure if you – it was big ESPN, so I imagine you were able to catch uh, at least that fight. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, no, so, I mean, start to finish, pretty solid event. Uh, Aldo puts on a, a clinic. I mean, just the guy is the timeless. I talked about it. He could fight another 10 years mm-hmm. uh, with the way he goes, especially now at 135 where it seems to be a comfortable weight for him. Um, Fight of the night for you or no? 
Yeah. What was the other? Uh, well, the one that actually got the fight of the night accolades was uh, um, Cheyenne well, Blissmith versus Mallory Martin. And I, I agreed with that, but a lot of folks thought it should have been Aldo Font. And I, I mean, I, I thought that was a good fight. I thought Aldo Font was, was pretty prime. I mean, um, I, I thought it just be for me, it's just because it's Jose Aldo. You know, mm. if it was, if it was, I think that's why a lot of people disagreed with with what the UFC did. Yeah, and 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 I I get it, I get it. If it was Fedor or somebody else, I'd be going, heck, give you know, let's talk about him. You know, mm. people love Jose Aldo, and rightfully so. The guy is a, uh, the guy's everything that's good about this sport. At least what we see, you know, who knows what's you never know what's going on in the background. Yeah. But you know, for a guy who's been around the sport for as long as he <laughs> have no, uh, never be questioned for anything legally illegally or you know no one's really went after him for any kind of drug accusations or anything so i, I just think he, he's a good guy he seems like a really friendly happy-go-lucky dude who loves to fight and mm-hmm. is uh you know every win he gets now he start clicking up that ladder of all-time greats you know um <laughs> it'd be hard for him ever to get to number one just because <laughs> he does have seven losses and um and he had a little little small you know dip there in his career but uh I mean, you're talking about one of the top 10 greatest fighters pound for pound ever to ever fight in the sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw uh, that hanging in the background. I was like, people are going to think that's my underwear hanging back there. Oh, <laughs> the face mask that I washed. But uh, yeah, no, I um, I was just I just wanted to ask because I, we didn't really get to talk about it with. Uh, I know we're, we're still kind of getting used to this new schedule that we record on and stuff and midweek, bef- you know, after events and before events and before events like this final pay-per-view we got for this weekend but i just wanted to i i saw that buzzing around a lot on the day after um people were kind of against it but i agreed with the ufc's decision but like i, I figured you were gonna say it was i'm, all, I'm always forgiving the prelim fighters more yeah. money too yeah you know it, it i'm always that bonus that bonus means more to to, to those two ladies than yeah. you know that it's oh yeah mean, if you saw the, the other guys I, if you saw Lissman's uh, post-fight uh, in-cage interview, she, I mean, she was almost, uh, I mean, she was crying and uh, sitting on the floor. Daniel Cormier had to kind of like, you know, help her get focused to do the interview because she was so happy that she won after she, after she fought her ass off and the fight was on short notice. I mean, I actually had her pick to lose because, uh, you know, if you've, if you've ever seen Mallory Martin fight, even before the UFC, you know that she comes, uh, she doesn't come to lose and she, she wasn't even, I mean, she still brought it from round one to round three. So, I agreed with the with the with the bonus for them. Um, no, but yeah. it's good, uh, you know. And, and like I said, it, it always nice to see them make money. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Cormier, not to change uh, subjects, but <laughs> kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit today with uh, Dominic Cruz taking a little jab at him about his, his commentating. I don't know if about his, his you know, I would say his ability or maybe his laziness <laughs> to prepare for the job, but uh, I thought that was a yeah kind of funny thing so yeah i thought it was uh, funny i think it was more i think it was more breaking balls than what what the big mma media is making it out to be but you know that that's what they do they, they like to uh what is it mountains out of molehills so. well yeah and he even didn't even start it off by saying dc's my friend or something like that yeah, i mean yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know you wouldn't say that and then follow up you know i would never go ed's my friend but hey he you know He's terrible at everything he does, you know. Like, <laughs> like I, that just is not going to come off yeah, right if I yeah. expect you to still be my friend. So uh, that's that's crazy how that is. But anyways, thought that a little funny. Check that out if anybody's uh, listening. Uh, look up that on Twitter. Kind of a funny comment from from Cruz, Can, yeah. especially when you consider some of the stuff Cruz has been accused of in the past when it comes to some of his commentating. So yeah. Uh, 
but big win for Aldo. I don't know what where this necessarily puts him in the in the title landscape. Um, you know, we saw Jan and Sterling at some point down the line, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if Aldo even cares about the title anymore. I don't know what you know. It, it just yeah. Seems- I, I want to say this too about that fight. You know, since you mentioned that, uh, if, if, Aldo, what he really wants. I feel like there was points during that fight where you saw him almost. I mean, it's like he was fighting two people. He was fighting Rob Font, and he was also fighting himself to push through the the end of that match, especially in that final round when he mounted after the choke attempt, and then he remounted Font. It seemed like uh, even Michael Bisping was saying during the the fight he was kind of like, you know, like you have to do something from here. And uh, Cormier was the one that was like, it looks like he's just content to maintain the mounts. But when you're looking at him, it looked like he was struggling to just make sure I do I have the cardio to finish this and keep this keep this in the win column for me. I just saw. I mean, there's moments where it looked like he was uh, he was having he was going through it in that in that fight, not just physically but mentally with, with himself. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I I kind of just assumed he got to the point where it was like I'm not going to really hurt this guy. I've got mm. the win wrapped up. Because they both they both actually broke each other's orbital sockets or cracked them. See, or something I didn't like know that. that. That's yeah. that's that's crazy. So, yeah. um, huge win for Aldo though. All time great. I look forward to any time he fights, and will never intentionally miss mm. anything he ever you know does in the world of MMA or combat sports for that matter. Depending on, and he's uh, big for one thirty five too. Like I, I didn't notice in that fight, and when he countered with Rob Font in the early mm-hmm. rounds, I was like, yo. Aldo's he, kind of a monster here at 135. Exactly, and that mm-hmm. and and considering how clean it seems like his weight cuts mm-hmm. have been, that's what you know. It, it might buy him another couple of years in this sport as long yeah. as he's able to avoid, you know, multiple broken orbitals, <laughs> orbitals and stuff going <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one more I guess quick thing of note that came up this week. We didn't say we we're going to talk about it, but uh, I'd like your take on the uh, quick little Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. Uh, oh yeah! Two I mean, announcement uh, with uh, literally what yesterday or today? Out. Was that yesterday or today? It was yesterday. Yeah, I know there's going to be a, a, a Tyron Woodley media day tomorrow. They sent out the email to do the Zoom. I I can't do them when I'm at my day job, but I want to do it just be, to see what it is. But I mean, I'm I actually feel like it's better for Jake Paul and Showtime that they're doing this rematch because uh, not for nothing. I didn't the 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 Tommy Fury wasn't versus Jake Paul wasn't really on my radar and now it seems to be on everybody's radar. So I, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's better for both of them. I feel like, I hope, I hope that they're, they don't, uh, try to do too much trash talk or, or fake. Like, like this is, I mean, this Woodley's kind of doing Jake Paul a favor right now, you know, plus he's, I mean, he's making probably the same money plus the $500,000 bonus that Paul is offering him. And it's 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 in their contracts, according to uh, Woodley's manager. Uh, uh, they they like drew it up that that same day. So, I mean, I think it's more lucrative for everybody, and it's weird that it's kind of like still going through because uh, one of the cool things that folks aren't kind of I mean I I kind of like Jake Paul for this is like he doesn't want the undercard fighters to lose a payday. So, no, there's uh, something yeah. honorable about continuing yeah. to fight. Um, a familiar opponent obviously helps that go mm-hmm. through, especially somebody he's beaten. Had Woodley won the first fight, I'm not so sure he would have been so quick to, mm-hmm. to want to do it. But um, it seems like Woodley's kind of 
putting himself in a little bit of a box here as well, where he's got to kind of put up or shut up. I mean, I, <laughs> I understand that in the long run, we're still talking about him fighting a YouTuber. And when the history of the sport's written, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be a major, uh, you know, you know, tab on his, yeah. on his resume. But uh, financially, it is. But Financially, it is. And, <laughs> and at this point, now that he's fighting him a second time, you can't really lose twice. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to lose a second time, you better get knocked out. You better go out swinging. <laughs> you better go out on your shield. Because if he goes out there and pity pats yeah. six, eight, rounds whatever the heck if he for. does if he does what he did last time i'm gonna seriously and I, I think i said this the last time when we talked about it I, I he needs to see like a sports psychologist or or something i mean the way that he he's got to come with that same energy that he came with his last fight in the ufc because there was moments there where it looked like he was going to do something relevant before he you know he lost and just that that uh you know killer be killed He's better. I mean, I, th- I think he's better than Jake Paul technically. It's just there's something mental. There's a block. I don't know what it is. He needs to eat, like, what do they don't they call it the yips in baseball? <laughs> like, like. I mean, I just I I you know, you know, just me jumping into his head. I would think probably going into the first fight if I'm Tyron Woodley, I don't think there's any way I'm going to lose. I can go mm-hmm. out there. I can outbox this dude. I'm going to outpoint him and I'm going to pick up a win. It's I'm going to play it safe and and make sure I don't get you know hit real hard. And I can. There's no way I can lose. And then all of a sudden he loses. You know, and and now I'm just wondering, you know, he can't. You you don't take this rematch and go out there and lose again. He, he the, I mean, the amount of heat he will get, unless his plan is just to be a heel and he's just going out there for a quick payday and he's just going to play this into the role of, you know, I I, I don't know, I I don't know what, how you really play the washed up MMA fighter that loses to a YouTube star multiple times. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if that pays well, yeah. but you know, and that, that's I, the other thing too, though. Like folks are bringing up like. So, I mean, you know, we've had Anthony Taylor on this podcast. I've talked to him a bunch of times. And, um, you know, it was supposed to be Tommy Fury who couldn't put Anthony Taylor away. Who, who, who That was his first boxing, like, pro boxing match. Mm-hmm. And he's he's Jake Paul's regular sparring partner. So if you couldn't put him away, I mean, you probably he was probably – I know he's part of the Fury family and stuff, but, I mean, I don't think we were going to get anything um, – and we're talking a difference yeah. of like thirty pounds at least, right? Yeah. Between between Taylor and and Paul, and and talking probably what thirty pounds and four inches in height. Yeah. Give or give maybe more. I mean, I I, I might be uh, I might be understating that. We might be talking fifty pounds and six inches in height. So mm-hmm. yeah. So and like you said, the Fury fight wasn't really much. I I don't know where you go from there with that. Like if if yeah. Fury like- wins that fight, where does it, it, this comes to a quick mm-hmm. end. Honestly, pr- putting Woodley in there gives them that option where if Woodley wins this fight, they do a trilogy fight. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul basically buys himself an automatic number, another fight, no matter what happens as a result of this fight. Yeah. He can yeah. get knocked out in the first 10 seconds and he'll, be, <laughs> and, and, yeah. he'll get, and he'll get a trilogy fight. If, if he, if he can get the people to put up the money and, and get Woodley to sign up for it again. I mean that, that literally buys him that. Whereas if that happened against fury, I think the money train, I think everything kind of mm-hmm. quickly comes down to a, a halt, I should say. But then again, if he gets knocked out, you're going to have a lot of MMA fighters jumping at the bit to get in there with him if there's any money to be to be yeah. grabbed. So yeah. as long as he can bring money to the table, it doesn't probably matter if he loses a million fights in a row. There's going to be people calling him out to, yeah. to try to get their hands on that cash. And, and yeah, to get, they get that stuff. cash. And yeah, yeah. And there's people that are going to want to watch it because... The more cringy uh, Jake Paul is for the marketing part side of it, 
then more folks are going to want to watch him lose. So they'll pay, you know, a lot of people will pay money to see that. That's, that's why these uh, freak show fights sell. So I'll be interested to see though, how much they do sell here. Cause I think this is usually, wasn't the first fight like 50 bucks or something. I mean, this isn't the three two ninety nine, you know, tri- <laughs> triad Metallica, yeah, you yeah. know, concert. This is going to, this is going to, People who are legally going to watch this is probably going to mm-hmm. run somewhere between forty and sixty dollars. So, mm-hmm. uh, inter- interesting to see how it unfolds. But let's jump into the into the real world of uh, UFC again, and the and the big event that uh, last one of the year, last of the year. Um, and uh, you know, I will say the UFC is doing a tremendous job of uh, gouging their fans with prices right now they, <laughs> they priced me out of this one they priced me out of the anaheim event coming up they're uh Are you talking about ticket prices ticket prices man yeah they they've turned it into a uh oh come on yeah but i i think a lot of it has to do with them not having fight nights anymore you mm-hmm. went from having 47 live shows a year to having basically 14 yeah you know you've turned doing it everything into in a, the apex yeah yeah you've 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 so you've made these in quote unquote i guess a premium event but you know, you, when you start charging multiple hundreds of dollars just to get through a door um, mm. for the worst seat in a twenty-two thousand seat arena, uh, I, you know, when you when you've pushed me out of the arena, you you you're <laughs> you talk about it becoming a uh, you know one percenter uh, event. Well, I think I think it's officially that. Yeah. Maybe it's been it oh, for yeah. a while, and I've just. Well, remember to... uh, with the last one when they're in in New York. It in was... New York, but I'm talking about within the last. Like, but I'm saying since, like like it's, came it's double the price from. I mean, I don't remember what two forty four went for, but I mean, I think the the last one that that uh, I remember it was like two something for for two thirty when they when it was a Cormier. Uh, uh, one that when they're in the garden that, that was yes those were cheap prices because that card was a little they could struggle mm-hmm. to find a main event the prices that you just had there for for the uh usman covington was a, a a tick under the prices that i once paid for the most expensive event I ever paid for and that was mcgregor 205 mm-hmm. McGregor, that was that but that was the first new york and that was a you know a card was a mcgregor time. and uh, yeah that was, was yeah. stacked to to the brim you <laughs> yeah. know at the time so um uh, not not to change subjects and that one was too but yeah yeah that one was too but you know i don't know i I, i'm not gonna say yeah yeah, it's become expensive and and it's disappointing that you can look forward to wanting to go to that mma is highbrow now (laughs) that yeah it's like it's like a golf event like you know like those tickets to golf events are like thousands of dollars just to stand there and be quiet <laughs> i'll just have to start flying to hunters events in pittsburgh to get some of that local seriously uh, yeah local get, flavor that's why know? we had him on and i mean yeah no i'm gonna i i literally have if anyone's following me on twitter and the stuff i do like my focus is more on like merriman's lights out stuff and lfa or whatever you know i mean i mean uh, i mean and like the only reason that I you see me talk about Bellator a lot on on social media and, and stuff that I write is because uh you know Bellator doesn't treat their media like uh you know they don't play favorites so usually <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean like 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 it's 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 I hear you man I mean I know we've talked about it's funny that you're talking about it now as we're recording because we've definitely had this conversation privately but um yeah man I, I especially for you. Hey man, fuck it. Let's let's start going to some. You know, the, you know, there's a reason why you've been to like how many BKFC events versus uh, like UFC cards this year, because yeah, it's, it's I mean, cheaper. I, you know, like I said, I, I'm spoiled <laughs> and I've had the ability to go to a ton of events, but 
never, never have I ever had my only option be to spend $200 for the cheapest for the, for, you mm-hmm. know, just to get in the door, like other than the New York event, every other UFC event for under 200 bucks, I could pretty much get the seat that I choose in the upper level, mm-hmm. which is where I like to sit. I like to sit up top and look down. So not, it's not everybody's favorite seat, but it's where I like to sit. And this is the first time ever I was not able to even, it, it wasn't <laughs> even an option, you know? Yeah, uh, wow. So, yeah, the seats I normally spend two hundred dollars to have the seat that I want, which is still not cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now for this uh, for the January event went for four hundred and fifty dollars. I just mm-hmm. I won't I won't I won't pay four hundred and fifty dollars for 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 much, but not, especially not for uh, for a UFC event. Yeah, that's and, that's that's craziness. That's that's yeah. like you know that's that's you know that's somebody like if you had a roommate, that's like half the rent or for so. Yeah, like, exactly. Not to fuck. sit up top. Yeah. You want to talk? Give me a cage side seat. We can we can negotiate. But yeah. to sit up in the in the far nosebleeds. Well. Oh yeah, but, yeah. No, it was, I remember. Wasn't it four thirty for nosebleeds in the garden when I was complaining to you about it? Yeah, no, that's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. So. It's that's and it, it came down. Remember, it came down closer to the to fight night. But I was like, that's still too much, man. But still that's that's much. the UFC still making the money. That's the that's the scalpers and and yeah, people. Yeah. Those are the ones losing money on that. The UFC still takes in the five hundred dollars a ticket, and then those scalpers are having to eat it for you know two twenty or two forty or something, you know the night of, the night of the event. But not that I feel bad for the scalpers. I hope they lose every damn penny they ever uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> they ever try yeah. to make. But anyways, let's get to this fight card because it is uh, a stack. Yeah, loaded. we got the. We got the card up on screen here for the folks listening. It's on UFC.com, so uh, they they're providing odds and stuff now, which I really do love. But yeah, this card, man. Uh, before we even look at the main card, really quick, I just want to like like the pre the prelims and the uh, the early prelims are. Uh, this is a really good final card. I mean, this especially this fight right here. Uh, really quick, uh, just because it deserves mentioning. Um, if you've been following their careers, their their come up and, and their arrival to the UFC, these two young ladies, Miranda Maverick and Aaron Blanchfield, out of my neck of the woods in Jersey, um, that's a fight that I'm really looking forward to. Um, they're both like it's one of, I, I they have Blanchfield as the underdog, but I think uh, you know, um, man, it's one of those fights that I don't want to really predict, but. I just want to make sure it's on everybody's radar because I've been following these two ladies. Actually, the last train ride, really quick, the last train ride into New York before the pandemic, I was on my way to Viacom for a Bellator thing. Blanchfield was on the train with me going to Hensel Gracie's to train. So I uh, that was in March of 2020, and uh, I didn't say anything to her, but I noticed her, and I was like, holy, that's her. And I've interviewed her before for uh, one of her Invicta fights, so. Um, I'm just really, you know, when you follow these fighters, we're talking about supporting local, supporting regional stuff. These two ladies came from that, and uh, it this is uh, this is a fight that if it's not on your radar, it should be. So I, I just had to bring that up really quick. But no, it's a tremendous, tremendous prelim fight. Yeah, I mean, look uh, at that. Look at all these. Uh, yeah, it's Before crazy. We... How good there's Eric Anders, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nunes, uh, Sakai Tuivasa, Pedro Munoz, Dominic Cruz. I mean, Josh Emmett, Danny Gay. I mean, yeah, that that's one that I'm like, oh, they they moved it to ESPN too. That's good, because it said before it was ESPN News that they're going to make you watch this uh, the prelims. It's, there's only so if the cards broken down. Um, oh, I hate it when I do that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, give me one. Second. You go back to the, the card. I always click this stupid thing where it says to order. <laughs> I'm supposed to click this up here. The early prelims. Are on Fight Pass. 
and look at how many of them there are, which usually there's only two or three. There's a lot of them. Ryan Hall's on there. Uh, Randy Costa and Tony Kelly, who I think didn't Randy Costa just fight not that long ago? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Jesus, this it is loaded from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, so it'll be Fight Pass. ESPN Plus will have the early prelims. Yeah, and then, but... Uh, and, then, and then you're saying ESPN 2 moves for the, the main yeah, four prelims? Yeah, li- when I was looking doing my research for this to, to do my picks for Sure Dog and MMA News, it was ESPN News or ESPN Plus for these prelims that are at 8 o'clock Eastern time. And there's one, two... There's only there's four you, of them. Yeah, there's usually four in that two-hour window. Okay. That's, that's um normal. yeah but like you said it's 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 i mean i was afraid of missing this fight now i'm glad that i'm not going to miss it uh i'll go to sakai versus tai to for the heavyweight bout like you mentioned uh, munoz and cruz uh this one seems to be getting a lot of because that's why it's the featured prelim josh emmett versus dan ige um it's a really good last card i'm surprised that it it it's only getting my attention you know now on fight week yeah, no, I mean it. It's uh, it, I I didn't realize the prelims were as loaded as they are. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's nice. Uh, crazy that you know when you get it's crazy how you get some cards that are just stacked for yeah. fourteen fights, and then other events you're like, you know, this was obviously <laughs> thrown together to to appease ESPN or you know, yeah, yeah. plus. But you know, when you jump to the main card, uh, you start off. You got Sean O'Malley. Uh, Fighting uh, Relian Paiva, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think Sean O'Malley's going to win. I'm just I'm not yeah. a fan of his. I think he wins this fight in dominating fashion. Mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed, honestly, in the matchup. Um, I would have loved to have seen O'Malley dominate Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it's, I, I, I just think that the UFC knows uh, he has, you know, is good at. Uh, you know what's the word? Uh, not promoting, but they know how to work some of these fighters' uh, schedules and, and opponents to to build them up. Whereas some yeah. other guys, they just straight up throw to the to the wolves. Um, yeah, you know, if, if O'Malley was was you know seven and th- two coming over from Bellator, he'd be fighting Dominic Cruz. But because mm-hmm. because he's their uh, you know contender series guy, they're gonna. They're gonna milk it, uh, and and I'm not saying that they're not doing it right because it is kind of the in a sense it's mm-hmm. the same as the uh, the AJ McKee uh, setup. You know, you don't, you know, you got a money maker there. Let's not let's not screw it up. So I have no problem with that. But I think O'Malley wins highlight reel uh, first, maybe early second round. I, I think he finishes, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, if they keep that as the opening pay-per-view card that's i'd even expect it more because they seem to like to try to put a fight that they expect to be a a banger in the in the debut you know like they did yeah. with chandler gagey so i'm gonna go with o'malley i think he finishes him and and moves up and then maybe he fights the winner of uh, uh munoz and cruz who knows that that might set up that nicely too yeah i don't uh i don't disagree with you i mean one of the things when I was looking doing my homework i was thinking about that fight that o'malley had was it chris mutino that he fought last uh the green-haired guy they mm-hmm. fought, that was a last-minute change for him, and and it went the distance. And and you know, it, it O'Malley. I don't want to say he had trouble, but it was harder than he expected. But I don't know if that's because of how he trained and who he was training for, and then having to change or what. But re- regardless of that fact, O'Malley's the, got that frame that I always talk about. He's he's an ectomorph. Ectomorphs are, in my opinion, oh, like 
if they're very good or even average in combat sports, and O'Malley's actually better than a lot of folks uh, give him credit for. Because I mean, if you if you if, every time I, I think about looking at an O'Malley fight, I always remember how well he did when he was on that quintet. Uh, mm-hmm. The team, the, you know, the like his, yeah, his grappling is underrated because you, you don't get to see it enough because he's he's got this uh, you know high KO TKO rate. So he's he's actually a really well rounded fighter. So unless unless you know, <clears throat> he's changed his form since he's gotten into the UFC. Like the tattoos have increased in the hair color and all that stuff. So the, my only thing is, uh, if he's unless he's like being distracted by his fame and and stuff that's happening for him, I don't see him losing this fight anytime or or any of his fights anytime soon. So we'll see where he's at mentally if if he's still focused. I I, I think he still is. Um, but I mean, he's definitely got. I mean, he. He didn't wind up in the UFC, you know, by accident. I mean, I I don't think they meant to, like you said, promote him the way that they are. But I mean, there's a reason why that they're they're doing it. He actually happens to be good too. So despite the uh, post Malone esque, uh, you know, Machine Gun Kelly vibes or whatever it is, people don't like about him. But um, yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. We're we're on the same page for, for that one. Second fight of the night, uh, at or second fight of the main card at 125 pounds, Cody Garbrandt uh, makes his debut at that weight against Kaikara France. Garbrandt 12 and four, uh, lost three of his la- four of his last five, but uh, you know tough tough opponents fought Dillashaw twice and uh, Munoz, uh, Kaikara France coming off of a win um, after a uh, loss to Royval. You know, I, 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 I've kind of bounced around with my pick on this fight hmm. uh, last day or so because I've been trying to think how, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I feel like your Kaikara France is a real smart fighter, but he does have nine losses, so he, he tends to lose some decisions. Hmm. Uh, but he's a pretty active fighter. Um, I don't really necessarily see him having the knockout power. Um, to do to Garbrandt what Munoz and Dillashaw did to him, hmm. um, because well, especially at 125 with Garbrandt coming down, you would assume that Garbrandt's chin would be, you know, pretty granite at least at this weight class. But hmm. um, I got to see how the weight cut goes. It's hard for me to kick, pick Cody Garbrandt just because, you know, I know he got that highlight reel knockout of a Sun Sal uh, yeah. in the middle of that that skid there, but um, I. And I, I I hate to even talk like this because I'm not a fighter, but his he seems to when he, his fighter IQ when he seems to get in situations just doesn't lend well to. I mean, it's great every <clears> once <throat> in a while; it'll lead to big knockout wins. But at the same time, it you get caught in this sport, four mm-hmm. ounce gloves. You don't get a lot of second chances, um, especially depending on who the referee is. You might not get any recovery <laughs> chance, you yeah. know. So. Um, I initially was going leaning Garbrandt, but I think I'm going to go with France to win a decision here to frustrate Garbrandt. Maybe use a little movement, maybe surprise Garbrandt with some of the speed from the, the lighter weight class. I know, I know, you know, Garbrandt had that moment against Cruz where he, you know, had a career performance and he looked like an all time great for, for one night against Cruz. But I, I think I'm going to go with France to, to upset the debut and kind of maybe uh, throw off the UFC's, you know, plans for Garbrandt. I think they would love to see him 
you know, win this fight and, and eventually mm-hmm. get in there with uh, Figueiredo or, or Moreno, uh, depending on how that, that happens to unfold in January. Yeah, I uh, I got uh, I actually have Kaikara friends picked for this one. Um, only because I feel like uh, I I think uh, those the losses that you mentioned, especially the ones where he got knocked out. I just I feel like since those have happened, he's just more vulnerable. And um, I mean they like they both like to pick up uh wins by knockout, and they could for they could forego that if they want to. Uh, when they go against one another, but uh, you know, you, you know, with the way bonuses and the way fights go these days, I don't see that happening. So I'm I'm picking Kai Car Francis to to win this one. <clears throat> well, I, well, this might be interesting to see. So far, we're three mm-hmm. uh, or two alike uh, on mm-hmm. the main card. Uh, third fight: Jeff Neal, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, uh, Ponzinibbio, uh, <laughs> Ponzinibbio. Uh, Ponzinibbio. There you go. Um, he comes in twenty-eight and four. Neil thirteen and four. Um, Neil coming off two consecutive losses. Ponzinibbio coming off of a win following a loss after a long layoff. Again, uh, kind of you know a tough fight to pick. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I was thinking Neil. Um, with a power punch mm-hmm. hurting Ponzinibbio. Uh, that's kind of where I was I was leaning. Uh, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I, okay. I, I don't really have a strong lean in this fight. Uh, no, but I, I, I do think that uh, Neil has the more power in his punches and uh, and, and might be able to land something that, that yeah, hurts and, and, his opponent. They're both minus 110 on, on the odds. I don't know so if that's an error. or It's literally a coin flip because so yeah. the house can always make some money. Yeah, so I... Um... It looks like everybody's kind of having the same problems. We are picking the fight. The only thing, the only thing uh, I I makes me lean Ponzinibbio is because of you know there's some stuff about the news that, that Jeff Neal's dealing with personally in his personal life. Um, so you don't know if the what's behind that. Again, these fighters are human beings and they have stuff to deal with, but this is their job, and they still have to come to it as long as they can come to it. So, uh, yeah. That's the only reason why I'm questioning, like, you know, where his focus is and why I'm picking Ponzinibbio. So, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, throw him under the bus or anything. So, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, I'm going Ponzinibbio. And then we, we come to the co-main event, the uh, first title fight of the night. First title fight of the night, uh, the women's GOAT, Amanda Nunes, defends her bantamweight title uh, against Juliana Pena. You know, uh, you can. You don't probably don't have to show me the odds for this. I imagine she's going to be in the three to four hundred range. Oh yeah, let's look at that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, minus nine hundred. <laughs> nine hundred. Okay, so wow. I mean, I think that probably tells you all you need to really know. Mm. Uh, I will say, I would love to see Pena pick up a, a win here. I mean, I mm. think it would be it'd be cool. Um, I've been a fan of hers. I, you know, I generally root for her uh and it'd be funny to see uh you know your boy over there at uh combate uh (laughs) (laughs) go nuts over it but uh yeah i i mean i think nunes i if this goes beyond the you know two minutes into the second round i'll be surprised i i think she's i think she comes out here and ends it quickly and and basically just proves that she has nobody in the ufc right now that 
can uh, can touch her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's things that 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 Pena does do well. I know she's gr- she's a great grappler, um, and she's not, you know, she's she's fairly tough for the weight class, and in, in, in her career, she's been pretty tough. But um, it's just so hard to pick against somebody that's been so dominant in Nunez. So um, I get it. I mean, at 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 plus six hundred, you know, if you feel like you know taking your your throwing some money down <laughs> on your last uh, gambling UFC pay per view of, of the year, you know what I mean, like. Like that's some money to be made there, but other than I that, mean, I, yeah, I, short of a fluke injury, yeah. um, you know, a knee going out, an ankle going out, I just I have a hard time seeing Pena uh, be able to uh, take her down. I just I mean that's the only she's not going to win striking. If this fight stays on his feet for a full round, it's going to be ugly, and and mm-hmm. I just don't I don't see her being able to take her down. I think she'll be too strong. I think she's too good, and I think she'll probably just beat yeah. Her she in, she's got. Let me see what her reach is on here. Is it? The, I mean, is this even accurate? Because we know we know. Oh no, they both have the same reach. Um, I mean, as far as height, Nunes has a height advantage on her. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard not to pick her. She's been she's become such a dominant uh, figure in, in women's mixed martial arts and two weight classes i mean how do you how do you how do you pick against her so i mean it's you can't yeah no and nobody is i mean you know like i said if you're in vegas throw 20 bucks on on pena and see See what see what happens yeah see if you can win a buck 20 but uh (laughs) you know that's that's you know that's in vegas i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't do more than that um main event time for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Oliveira coming off of his uh, comeback, you know, massive win over uh, Chandler at the time for the title. Uh, Poirier coming off of his destruction of Conor McGregor, uh, back-to-back destructions of Conor McGregor. Uh, Tough fight, man. I I, I go Poirier. Um, I'm leaning Poirier. I think he's just that good. I think Oliveira has a tendency to take punishment and not always rebound well from it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, actually, never we really rebound well from it, other than his last fight, um, where he's been, where you know, he had fights at least early in his career, and and obviously he's a totally different fighter. But several fights were once he became, uh, once he was on the losing side, he, yeah, yeah, he folded. Yeah. Um, whereas Poirier really, other than the That's... McGregor fight. You know, early in his career again, uh, he, I can't think of another fight where he kind of folded under the pressure. The first McGregor fight. Um, nobody in this planet, yeah. no, no fighter on this planet at this point has dealt with the pressure that uh, Poirier has. Yeah, you know, I mean, having, he, having, he's, he's gotten through Gaethje. He's gotten through, uh, he revenged the loss on McGregor. I'm trying to think what's another. What's McGregor another twice. One? I mean, yeah. just just to, just to have to go through fight camp and fight week and, and get in the cage with McGregor twice with the crowd and the, you know, if you fight McGregor, you're not going to be the fan favorite in the arena. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're going to get booed. He went through that. You know, you, you're going to get the death threats from his crazy. I mean, there's always going to be crazy <laughs> shit going on, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to go through that, whereas Oliver probably didn't have to do that with Chandler's fans, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, it, it's less likely, let's just say. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I, I just, 
I unless, think unless he, it's what's her name, Nyla or Nayla, whatever, whatever from from <laughs> your neck of the woods. Yeah, chicken, yeah. chicken nuggets, jujitsu chicken. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going Poirier. Uh, I think she's actually going to this fight. So uh, she, whatever, we don't talk yeah. about her on this. <laughs> no, go ahead, um, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go Poirier. I think he'll hurt Oliveira, and I think that he will uh, play it smart uh, and maybe not go in for the initial kill. Uh, but allow himself to uh, wear on Oliveira and and kind of accumulate some damage as opposed to uh, putting himself in the danger of, of a quick counter uh, reversal, anything like that. I mean, I don't think you want to go. He still doesn't want to go on the ground with Charles. Let's put it that way. I, I wouldn't yeah. get into a scramble on the ground. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's, that's Oliveira's biggest chance of winning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, so in a punching thing, even if I drop him, I'm not necessarily jumping on top of him. I, I think that that's, I think that that's the smartest strategy Poirier might take. Where you, it's maybe a situation where you like tell a guy to get up, you mm-hmm. know, get up and, and let's yeah. let's keep doing this. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that. Wouldn't be surprised to see the fight go all five rounds, but it it, it be a, a a battered Oliveira at the end of it. Um, just because I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that that heart that maybe was in question earlier uh mm-hmm. is is a champion heart now and um i think he's earned the respect of everybody that uh nobody should really be picking either of these guys probably to get a finish but i do think poirier uh i do think poirier probably probably picks up the win at, at the end of the night here and and uh you know probably sets up a rematch with mcgregor again I mean, let's just be honest. What, what, <laughs> what, what? We don't get the Grand Prix bracket here, so uh, it's going to be whatever's going to make the most money is going to be the fight that's going to happen. Yeah, although I don't think they're going to deny Justin Gaethje. Uh, I mean, it looked like it looked like um, didn't I think he said it to Jim Rome? Dana White said to Jim Rome that that it's probably going to be the winner of this that Justin Gaethje fights next for for the title because he. I mean, Justin Gaethje pretty much said he's done. The UFC if he doesn't get a title shot. So. I know, but it seems like that can change with the wind. If McGregor comes back in, yeah. in a month and a half and goes, "Hey, my ankle's fine, my leg's <laughs> yeah. fine, I'm McGregor, ready to go," yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. don't kid yourself. They'll go. All of a sudden, we'll be hearing how how Gagey is doesn't want yeah. this fight, you yeah. know, or or he's being tough in negotiations. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. It, goes. it happened to him already yeah. once. Yeah, that's the, they, the, I mean, they play the really, game. Yeah, yeah, the game yeah, is, so. for sure, for sure. But uh. So you're going Poirier for this, huh? I'm going Poirier. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Me too, just because uh I mean you kind of hit all the checks that I that I was gonna say as far as um you know, when you look at their losses, I I think as far as being finished, Oliveira has uh been finished more than Poirier has and and um uh I think half of his uh check my notes, four of his eight losses came by way of knockout. And uh, yeah. you know Poirier is pretty good at knocking folks out, so I, I'm 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 picking Poirier for this. Uh, um, let me just check the odds really quick before we close this window out. And he's a favorite. Poirier is a favorite. favorite. That's a close fight, though. I you know, I, which is nice. It's just you don't I rarely see a minus nine hundred mm-hmm. in any fight, much less a title fight. So that just tells you how dominant Nunes is. Dominating Nunes is. I'm wondering if there's any interesting. I'm just looking at these odds really quick before I close this out. Like I like. I don't see any like good parlays. Like I know there's, I always see folks do parlays where they make all this kind of money, but you know, it's um on this card, the only way to make a ton of money on a parlay without having 19 fights would be, <laughs> you know, Jillian uh, or not Jillian Robinson or uh, who's fighting Kocheka or uh, 
Priscilla Koshera and and, Koshera. and and uh Yeah, like which Koshera I think it looked like she was a big underdog. Plus like, plus three hundred. Yeah, like you'd have to have her in a mix with somebody or you'd have to have Pena uh pick up a win to to really probably make money without doing like yeah. I said, like a seven fight part yeah. you know, three fight. Yeah, early, I think I'm done know. betting on fights this year anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I was doing all right for a little while and then uh, you know. I mean, I I was gonna. I just stuck with my Justin Gaethje money that I that I picked up for the last time we fought, and again, he always he never disappoints. So I'm gonna stay happy with that, and uh, you know, <laughs> not just 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 enjoy the fights and not not be a degenerate. No, it's crazy that this card <laughs> initially had Edwards and uh, and Masvidal also. Yeah, you talk about loaded, yeah. but uh, but anyways, this is gonna be a great card tomorrow night, Thursday night for uh, weekday fight fans. A uh, rare BKFC Thursday night uh, fight night Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, not any huge names that that most people would know, but uh, some of their uh, up and coming fighters uh, doing it, getting it going tomorrow night, and uh, and then the, the big UFC on Saturday. So. And there's a uh, uh, talking about really quick, just leading up to it. Friday night, there's uh, lights out seven out in, the, in the Commerce Casino out in your neck of the woods in California. If you want to try to get tickets to something, probably sold out already though, because uh, they tend to sell out pretty fast on, on fight week. But LA is um, insane in the brain too. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, you know, one of the fights that are on this card is actually a fighter from Lights Out. That uh, I mean, they they they've been pick, picking up a lot of like. Guys have been fighting in Lights Out and getting signed to the UFC. So if you haven't been paying attention to Lights Out Extreme Fighting, you should because they got some killers on there. I mean, there's a guy, Frank Goulian, that's fighting on that LX7 card Friday night that uh, he made his debut at the previous event. And I got some crazy uh, Kamzat Chemaev, uh, He's like the European wrestling champion. So I got these really uh, Kamzat Chemaev vibes off of him when he just dragged this dude for three rounds. And he didn't finish him, so that's why I'm saying vibes, not really comparing him like that, but just the dominance uh-huh. of him. So that's a fight I'm looking forward to seeing. And that's on Fubo Sports uh, if you if you're not watching it. But uh, just to, just the kids. And when you say Fubo Sports, it, it's online. They can go to FuboSports.com and it's a free, free. Yeah, if you if fight, you have right? if you have Roku or whatever, yeah, it's the free yeah. channel that's on the Fubo Sports Network. Like like I watch it through Tubi. You know, when you look at the live TV and you scroll through, you'll see football sports and this, the, the time that they advertise, which I believe is eight o'clock my time on Friday. Um, that's when it's on. But they do replays after. So if you miss it, definitely catch a replay. But that's uh, Sean Merriman's promotion. That's freaking I'm, I'm liking what they're doing over there. But um. Cool, cool. Well, I'll take us out here. Fans can check out the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Give Ed a follow at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, Old Head Carb on Twitch. Check us always out uh, weekly on allaccessmma.com for our video podcast and any of your MMA news inquiries. Ed, have a good rest of the week, man. Uh, second Wednesday night show. Hopefully keep this schedule going and uh, and uh, get some good fights and, and some good, happy, peaceful holidays over the next Oh, uh, please. Weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go watch AEW now. I'm better than you, and you know <laughs> it. <laughs>